Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex Mastriani, and we're happy you're here. Hey there, you've got Jeff, uh, the Director of Customer Experience here at Higher Logic, and we just dropped some big news, and I'm excited for our annual conference, our keynote for Super Forum this year will be Guy Kawasaki. Uh, he's the former chief evangelist at Apple. He's currently at Canva. Uh, he's the author of best-selling books. He's been an entrepreneur, and so he's been all around. Uh, he's going to be sharing insights on how to build online communities of maximum value and impact, so make sure to drop into the the description of this episode and register for Super Forum 2021 to hear him speak. Hi, this is Heather McNair, Chief Customer Officer at Cloud Generation, and welcome to another episode of the Member Engagement Show. We're really excited today to be continuing our series about community managers and community management, how we all got into this, this crazy new world. Um, and it's been growing in leaps and bounds. And, uh, and I personally have been really excited to see that all of a sudden in the last year or so, people actually know what community management is. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I'm excited to have Morale Belayan join us uh, today. And oh, let's see, Morale and I have known each other for many years now. Uh, she was a client of Higher Logics, uh, similar to, to me, um, before joining the team a couple of years ago. Uh, and so, Morale, with that, you want to say hi to everyone? Yes, uh, thank you, Heather. And it's really great to be here with you. Um, because like you said, um, I met you at my first super forum. So I remember um, you're also wearing an orange skirt, uh, <laughs> represents Orange Army, right? Um, and I have a vivid memory of our, of our first meeting. It was a get, you know, that first get together um, before the meeting starts. And um, yes, and I'm really excited to be um, doing this podcast with you. Um, so yes, this is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, and I, I was very excited that uh, my, my new company, Cloud Generation, also picked orange as one of their colors, so I didn't have to abandon my whole wardrobe. Oh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell us, tell the listeners um, a, a little bit about who, who you are, uh, what you do currently for Higher Logic, what you like to do, and some, some fun fact about what you do in your spare time. Oh, if there if um, there is any. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do we have spare time? Can I say yeah. this on the podcast? <laughs> um, so, yes, um, I'm Maral Belayan. I've been in D.C. for about 10 years, um, just like probably like everyone, maybe very typical for me to move to D.C. for politics. And I look back and now I do nothing of that, which I'm really happy and I'm really um, excited and I love where my journey led me, mainly because um, about six years, almost six years ago, I started learning about Higher Logic and I became an online community. So this is where that journey led me. And um, right now I am part of the Orange Army or part of Higher Logic as staff. And I've been here for about a year and a couple months. Um, I am a project manager in the integrations team. 
my main role is really to work with existing customers who are um, changing their AMSs to a different AMS or they're having an upgrade within the same AMS or an um, or update or an upgrade. And um, we work with them as a project manager, but we also work with the internal resources, with the engineers to make sure that these customers and their online community or the other products um, and forms are real magnet, their marketing automation um, stays functioning. And from the end user experience, they don't really feel that the that the client actually had a change in their databases. Yeah, um, which is critical. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, we like to keep the site on the online community because we know how important that is, especially, um, like you said, this past year of how everything has become online and I think we've seen uh, a great boost of of interest and engagement and people really understanding the value of the online community and having that platform uh, where their members are able to, you know, um, have that two-way conversation, not only one way, which is usually what the marketing tools do, but that um, full circle, as we call it, of conversations. And um, so, yeah, so in my spare time, if I have any... Um, I actually love to go running and because of the pandemic, I was able to go back. Um, so one good thing for me that happened is because everything else was shut down, I was able to go outside, um, in DC and start running. So that's my de-stressor. That's my me time. Um, and yeah, I like to cook. I like to read and just be engaged online, just like I was as a community manager. <laughs> oh, that, that's fantastic. People give me a hard time about not being engaged in social media. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the co- cobbler's children have no shoes. This is what I do all day. So I'm, I will admit I'm really bad about being on the other social channels. Um, so you mentioned politics, um, mm-hmm. but that's what brought you to D.C. So get, talk to us about you know what your career path has looked like. Like You came up through the association side. Right. Um, and so t- did that journey start with, uh, with the, the politics side with, uh, with lobbying? No. <laughs> I would say where I am now, it has a little bit of, um, there has to be a little bit of luck, a little bit of trust in my previous boss or manager, um, in my in my ability to learn new things and my interest um, in learning new things and kind of venturing into a world that I had zero knowledge of. Um, I come from, you know, I never studied computer science. I never studied even anything with volunteers. I never worked with volunteers or anything of, of that. But um, I was in an association and I was working in the events department. Um, and that association was just about to launch their online community. Um, They had the sense of the communities um, in the sense of there were interest groups and they met uh, through at the time WebEx and they were doing Zoom or webinars um, and that was it. But they had signed with HireLogic and they were launching their community. So that director, um, the the director of membership and engagement reached out to me and said, would you be interested in this new role that we're um, starting at the organization as the online community manager? And I, at first I was like, I don't even know what that means. What is an online community manager? And I had to Google it and I had to look up HireLogic. I had to look up everything. Um, But you know, 
all of that is history now. Now I know, um, of course, an online community manager has multiple de- descriptions and it's never uh, defined, um, especially from one association to the other. And then you go to corporate side, it's different meaning. So, but that led me to um, to HireLogic to start getting trained on, on, on the software or like using the website. And I, I was really interested in, in that trust in my, that director that I had, that I was, I was going to be able because I was a people's person or I am a people's person, but I'd never really worked one-on-one with volunteers or thought leaders. Um, so that was new. And I definitely found that very interesting. And the more I learned more about Higher Logic or what they're doing, I attended within, what was, what was it, four or five months after I started my role, I attended my first Super Forum. Back then, also Super Forum was slightly smaller than it was uh, it, it, last time it, it was in person. But um, And that's where I met you, Heather. But it was that um, connections that I made at Superform and having those conversations. And at that point, I was also on Hug, the Higher Logic user group. Um, and I was, I, I saw that sense of, um, you know, helping each other and engaging with each other and supporting each other, whether it was Higher Logic staff um, or it was the other community managers. We were all kind of in it together. So we were all sharing our knowledge I was learning a lot uh, during those few first months in the first years, of course, and that's really got me engaged and um, and it led me to two other associations, uh, a corporation, all of which I've done, and I got the roles specifically because of my higher logic knowledge um, of the software of being an online community manager. So, so that journey has led me you know, in a great way to where I am now. Um, like I said, I don't miss um, the politics um, or why I moved to Higher Logic. I'm, I'm more than happy where I am now. But five years ago, if you'd asked me, I would, I would have not ever known that I would be doing what I am now or working for Higher Logic, even. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's funny. Funny the twists <laughs> and turns our careers. Yes. So kind of along those lines, I mean, you've always struck me from the beginning, um, like you are super organized and, you know, and I think that that, um, (laughs) you know, that has served you very well in your community management career and also plays extremely well into what you're doing at Higher Logic today as an implementation manager. Um, What other skills do you think um, have you picked up along the way? Did you come into your first community management role with that um, that you think are critical in this role? You also mentioned being a people person, which you know I think is is huge too. Yes, um, I I I think you you named it. I I would say having organization skills or developing them is a major or critical skill to have as a community manager. Because like I said, everyone I've met through HUG or at Super Forums, and whether they're a community manager or they have a different title, my first title was membership and engagement project manager. So it had nothing to do with community, the word itself. Um, But we all have one thing in common that often we wear multiple hats and we're doing different things. And it, of course, it matters, you know, the size of the association, the size of the organization, but, uh, and the smaller they are, then more hats that you wear um, of doing different things. But having that organizational skill of 
being organized and managing the different tasks that you're doing. So when it comes to online community manager, I think the first thing I would say is, you know, definitely you have to understand how Hyalogic functions and works and knowing, you know, um, the basic or the main uh, functionality is the the key because you need to understand that even if you're going to rely on higher logic support or you're going to you know you're going to hope that nothing is going to go wrong but you definitely need to know the back end you need to understand how this functions and be up to date actually every time there is a new release or there is an update to or enhancement to a functionality the other skills that i've kind of developed throughout being an online community manager is and this is because of my own interest, not that it, a community manager has to have them, is having HTML knowledge or CSS, a little bit of design. And I say this because, and I completely understand not everyone is a developer. I'm not a developer, not yet, at least. Yeah. Um, but having to be able to read some code and, and edit or understand if something is off or wrong is extremely helpful when something goes wrong and something gets screwed on your site so that you don't have to wait even as a critical support ticket or anything, or even if you have in-house developer, but um, I am one that likes to know how things work, even if I'm not going to be an expert in that, but at least I have a basic understanding. So I think that's one of the more technical skills that I kind of took upon myself to um, look into, and at the time, organized, my organization had also professional um, advancement skills budget kind of thing. So I went and took some classes. Again, basic knowledge, nothing more. Um, understanding how your organization's AMS or CRM works. Also, how your database is saved, how your members' database is saved, and what you have the, in terms of data. Because often we get someone say, oh, I know we you know, store members' names and emails and um, companies, but I don't know what else or how those function, those fields function. Well, all of those little things, and I know it's like a little bit, again, more technical, but having the knowledge will help you a lot to tr- to troubleshoot, even with higher logics help. Um, and I think, you know, I was focused mostly for the online community product because those are that was my main role in the different roles I've had in different associations. But I have worked in an association where they, they did have um, a marketing automation product from HireLogic as well. So when I first joined, I said, you know, I've never used that, but I would like to learn it. And I knew there was a whole different department, marketing department that were working in, in, with that. But I, I just wanted to understand how that worked. Because again, it gives you a little bit of knowledge when that department comes and starts wanting to use the community or vice versa. So um, again, just, just knowledge. Um, and I think the interest of learning more is a skill as a community manager you should have because often enough, you're not only managing the community. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know the audience can't see me like vigorously nodding as you're saying <laughs> all of this stuff. Yeah, because, like, you know, if the thing is, if you can understand even a little bit, like you were saying, the database structure, HTML, CSS, like if you just know a tiny bit, you can help troubleshoot. Like you can, Correct. you know, if you, if you have to put in a support ticket, and not just with higher logic, whatever community software you're using, right. like it, you can you know, get them started on the path, like say, Hey, I tried this. I tried this. I, you know, this is looking like where the problem might be. 
that's a that's a massive help to you know whomever you might be working with. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, you know, and I was like, you know, you're talking about learning these things, and I, you know, I did a, you know, a little bit of recon before we were talking, and I noticed you actually started as a translator in your career. Right? So, I did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Language is not code. <laughs> yeah, well, but but you say that, but I've I've often said to people like, you know, it's a. It, they're all languages, you know, and right. so you yes. know, people, I think, get very intimidated when they look at <laughs> HTML and they look at CSS. It's just another language, you know. Yes. I mean, it's the same, you know, it's syntax and it's structure and it's, you know, it's understanding. And so if you have any propensity whatsoever to understanding, you know, another language, it's the same idea. Um, and so I, I think, like, if you think <laughs> of it in those terms, it does make it a little less intimidating. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah, of course. Um, it has its structure. Um, you can learn it. It's a skill that can be taught and can be learned. So, yes, I never thought of it that way. But um, <laughs> but yes, maybe I had the prerequisite to 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 learning um, a little bit of code and understanding the back end of higher logic. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And yeah. And I, you know, and I do think, you know, having that, that curiosity is, is major. Yes. Um, and, and it's awesome that your organization, ha- you know, had the resources. Yes, to of course. Send you. Um, I'll say I am mostly self-taught with, and I, 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 we're probably a similar, you know, I will never say that I'm a developer by any stretch. Um, you know, but I understand enough and, and I learned a lot of, there's some great online resources like W3 schools. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah, that's how so, I started too. I mean, yeah. just you know, you Google and uh, again, I, I'm I'm. It's not like I'm plugging it, but hug. Like I went there and I asked, or at Superform, I would talk to. I went to a session and it was all about design, and it was whew, over. Like I had no idea what they were talking about, but I was like, well, I can still ask questions. And yeah. I, my one of my questions was, where can I get like basic knowledge. And they, mm-hmm. they, um, you know, they told me where to go and look and online just to get my interest. And, and that's a, a starting point really, if, yeah. because you can test your, uh, yourself and see if you are interested and then kind of take it the next level. If your organization has the funds or upon yourself to, to even further your knowledge for yeah. sure. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. And one thing I, I, you touched on, on the volunteers or like um, being a people's person. Mm-hmm. So again, it comes with the territory of being an online community manager. It depends on the association of how much you're actually interacting with the members. Because not every role will have, okay, you are the front runner or like the point of contact with your members or the stakeholders external. And I don't mean internally, but just right. external. Um, but even if you're not, you're still working with internal staff that are working with your volunteers or leaders or, you know, chapter leaders or whoever. And I think you still need to be able to do that. Um, no matter how much of you say, oh, but it's not my responsibility to be the moderator of the communities, or I'm not really interacting day to day or engaging with these leaders or volunteers, but you're still interacting with someone who's managing them or working with them. And so having that is really crucial because that's really, especially if it's the stakeholders internally that you're working with, internal staff, you definitely need their buy-in. You want to be able to work with them so that the community and the strategy that you have is is kept as as the business needs goes, but also 
with the definition of what a community is, not tiered towards like something else that was not meant for the online community to be. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, could not agree with that more. Um, you know, and, and to kind of to build on that too, like, you know, I think another piece of it where you know, being a people person comes into play with a community is like to get people to participate in a community, you have to understand what motivates people, like yes. what makes people tick. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, one of the things that I've always said to people, like you have to have kind of a, you know, if not a like psychology background, like you have <laughs> to understand some psycho- some basic psychology. Um, and and that feeds into that too. Like, you know, even if you don't necessarily like getting out there and talking to people, you have to understand what makes them tick. Um, of course. Yes. So, I couldn't yeah. agree more. Yes. <laughs> I am nodding. So <laughs> 100%. You don't need to be 100% like a people person, but you need to understand the needs and their what is going to make them engaged. And everyone, every different level also of a structure, like whether it's um, C-level executives or board members or internal staff or just volunteers that, that are in, in the pure sense of a volunteer, not getting paid, nothing, just they're doing this for their interest within the association for some reason. You have to know how to engage and, and have a conversation with them based on their interest and based on their, you know, what's going to make them come to this uh, community and and have a conversation and stay also engaged, not just like... Yep. Um, start and then leave or disappear. Yep. yep. But post, post and ghost as we yes. like to it's a very appropriate time of year to say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, a little bit ago that, you know, t- that being a community manager in a corporate environment is, is different than being one in an association environment and you've done both. Um, so are there like kind of, a, is there a key difference? Are there several key differences that you would mention? Or is it just kind of, yeah. Um, in my experience, it wasn't that different between an association and a corporate um, because just, and again, this is my experience. The In the corporate, the buy-in was already there in the sense of the community. So um they already had the strategy. The communities existed long before I joined the the company, and so I I wasn't part of the strategy per se. It was just more of the management side of things. Um, of course, you still work within the strategy and keeping everyone engaged and try to come up with new um, tactics or engagement methods. Uh, one of them was okay. They didn't. Um, they hadn't launched a volunteer module at that point for all of their, um, because they do have microsites and several tenants, but they hadn't launched the volunteer manager on all of them. So you got to kind of come up with strategy for the different uses of the volunteer manager. But in the association world, the the one thing I found is definitely um, getting the buy-in or the interest or the approval of the stakeholders of of board members and C-level executives that was that I would say that's one of the biggest challenge as a community manager I've um, faced and I think a lot of other fellow community managers or engagement project managers or so or membership um, that come across and I think that's where um, it gets a little bit you know um, difficult or challenging and 
and you try to maneuver that and find the best way to get people engaged. So in the corporate world, I didn't see, you know, I, like I said, it was already, there was a buy-in. And so I didn't have to worry about so much about the strategy itself. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, you know, and I think, and it, it's funny because there's this, this age old, especially within higher logic, kind of an age old debate about how different the corporate environment really yeah. is from the association environment. I'm like, yeah, I think they're kind of the same. They just call it different <laughs> stuff. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, it gets like on both, both sides. You have to convince people what's in it for them, you know? Correct. And, yes. Yeah. That's the end question, yeah. right? Yeah. Why is this important? Why is this going to work? Um, why are we investing in this? Mm-hmm. Um, but but to your point a little bit earlier, I mean, the la- if anything, the last year and a half has taught us that having an online site, having an online engagement community is extremely helpful when it comes to everything becoming virtual or, you know, canceling your most profitable annual meeting, uh, whether it's an association or corporate. I mean, everyone loses money on, on turning things into virtual. And so having that community and the sense and um, everyone's buy-in or like, um, or their interest to have the community and having it developed or put in the effort to make it that it's presentable to your members and the end user at the end is, is something that we've seen. Yeah. Great. Um, those that, you know, that that's an important thing, especially in the last year and a half. And I, I'm pretty sure that it's going to continue this way, even as things move back to slightly back to normal. Yeah, I think people have gotten now gotten used to this idea of self-service um, yes. and <laughs> the immediacy of it. And yeah, that, that's really hard to take away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we did see it like uh, organizations who already had online communities who already had this, these infrastructures in place when everything went down last year um, were able to kind of they they hardly missed a beat and right. versus yeah organizations who were like oh kind of caught with our pants down so to speak yeah. um yeah yeah we're of kind course, of yeah. running running to play catch up a little bit so <laughs> yeah um so um after launching you I, you've done this what three times <laughs> two, two launches, I would say. Okay, two, yeah. two, okay, two, two launches, three communities. Yes. Uh, kind of, what are like your the biggest pearls of wisdom for people? Um, going through this? Um, a yeah, question. I, yeah, no, no. Um, <laughs> I think a little bit like what we touched on earlier: having the organization skill, having um, the different conversations with the different stakeholders or like the people involved with the community, and asking what are we trying to do? Often, a lot of times, I've seen this um, in associations I've worked with and also talking to other community managers where, oh yeah, we don't have a specific strategy or our strategy is like the organization strategy, right? Just to engage. Sure, that's all great, but um, I've learned the hard way that you need to have a strategy yourself as a community manager. Even if your organization doesn't have one for you or for your department per se, or what you're trying to do with the community site, um, have one, just write it down for yourself on just on a piece of paper. And so that you can look and say, how am I going to get that, stay within that strategy? How am I going to achieve that goal of getting the strategy to complete or uh, accomplishment? And finally, how am I going to measure that? Um, 
And I like the measure part because I, I also like to think of analytical. And a lot of times when it comes to a skeptical um, individuals, whether it's within your organizations or outside, um, people are convinced when they see numbers. People are convinced when you, they see data. So having that data with you along the way, even if no one's going to ask you for it at the beginning, is great tool to have. Um, I know data is, is not worth a data unless it's used for something, but at the same time, if no one is asking you, doesn't mean no one's going to ever ask you or no one is ever going to look at it. Um, whether it come, whether it's on budget time and they're looking in how much, you know, they're, the online community is being spent on or how much like restructuring an organization with different roles. And you have to kind of argue about, oh, now they're, community is getting really engaging and we need different roles within like the, this department. So having that data could back you and having that strategy that you're trying to achieve or a goal. Um, each organization is different. It could be as simple as getting people re-engaged with the organization. Uh, it could be as simple as, yes, and I'm going to use the, the front upon um, term here, but lurkers or passive active, like passive users where they're really reading, but not really fully engaging in the sense of logging in or actually posting to the discussions. But all aspects of the community has an importance. And I think looking at that data and having that data will help you. Um, and through my launches, whether I've had to kind of come up with this strategy and present it to the leadership and get their buy-in, even though, you know, this was licensed, but still having their buy-in to your point, Heather, because we want them to be engaged. If if they can't be role models of, of engagement, then who will be? So I, I have to have examples of of our executives or our staff or our um, VIP volunteers or someone that they see those, the other members to see their name and recognize and say, okay, I see this person using it. So I want to use it too. Or let me read this. And it's fine if you have, like I said, that passive users where they're reading for start, but you can have a strategy for them too, that you put into place ahead of time so that you have a plan. And again, it all goes back to being an organized person. So I like to have a plan in place. I like to have a little bit milestones, um, even if no one else is going to check me on it, but it helps you as a project manager um, to kind of keep up so that at the end you have something to accomplish um, and, and to show. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that that's how I look at my different launches or the communities that I've worked with, um, in, in my past. Yeah. 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 And uh, you know, I, it's funny when you brought up like the, the analytics piece and, and kind of the, um, <laughs> yeah, all, you know, it, it brought me back to one of my former CEOs in a past life. Like she was really big into Myers-Briggs and, you know, mm -hmm. whether you believe it, whether you believe in it or not, right, um, yeah. there, yeah, there are kind of, there's the, the thinkers and the feelers, the, the T's and the F's and, um, and I was, it was actually very funny. At one point I was trying to make, I, I am a thinker. <laughs> um, so I, I love my analytics. I love my data. And she was like, Heather, you can't win an argument with a, with an F with data. Um, and, but it, you know, it was one of those really powerful lessons that like you, if, if you need to go in and, you know, you know, present, you need to bring 
information for both yes. of those types of people. And it sounds yes. like when you're talking about bringing in these strategies and analytics, like you are covering both of those things. And right. I think that that is a really critical lesson for community managers. You know, and we're still, you know, I, the, I think communities have come a tremendously long way. Um, but, you know, there are times we're still kind of underdogs a little bit, you know, and you're still kind of having to fight for the importance of the community. And, yes. you know, and, and so I think that is really important for people to keep in mind that you, you're you not sure what types of people you're going to be presenting to. So yeah. make sure you have stuff that appeals to both of those sides, the feelers and the thinkers. Um, yeah. Yes. So. I agree. I mean, yes, I, I agree. Because when you're presenting, you don't know who's going to want the data, who's not interested in the data, but having both is is really, you know, more resources for you when the time comes and someone asks those questions. Yeah. Um, and you have to make, not the argument, but just um, kind of get their interest and buy-in and, and keep them engaged with, with at least the idea of having an online community and what it's trying to achieve. Yep. Uh, all right, Morel. This was amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I, yes, I think we could talk all afternoon. Um, <laughs> uh, but to wrap this up, um, we love to ask everyone the same question. Uh, and that is, what is your favorite member engagement tactic? And oh, it could wow. be community. <laughs> it could be marketing automation. It, it could be anything. So yeah, what in your career have you seen? Have you done that? Yeah. Is, is your favorite thing to do or most effective thing to do? Um, can I can I can I pick two, not just one favorite? <laughs> you are always an overachiever, so yes. Because <laughs> um, one of them is more of um, so what we did um, with one of my associations is um, they were at, we have an annual meeting at that time pre-pandemic and it was in person and it's very typical you know you have sessions and all this different things and our community leaders were either panelists on some of these sessions or they had colleagues from the interest groups in those panels um, of the sessions and so what we thought is because we were trying to engage our members about the online community again you know often enough you have thousands of members, but only certain percent of them are aware of their full member benefits as much as you try to promote it are, and then subset of that are truly engaged. So one of the things we thought about is actually offering it to these chapter leaders um, to say, you know, to promote it within their community, online community, that after these sessions, um, we have what we call the quote unquote, like community zone at the convention center where we were having the meeting and we put big signage. We worked with marketing to have good signage there. And we would do, we would host kind of ad hoc or like a, a continuation of a discussion of the session, but it wasn't necessarily every single person from the panel, but maybe the chapter leader and the, another panelist. And we did that the first year um, we did that. It was a great success. It, brought attention to the online community from often a lot of these attendees that are coming to your annual meeting for for a reason because they find value in your content but they were like oh we didn't know these existed and and they found it very useful to have this conversation the second year we did it and it was a, a good success i would say you know we got good numbers of attendees to to show up and everything but then the second year it actually exceeded our expectations there were times where this um 
community zone was over um, the capacity that we had oh. anticipated. Um, the sessions were interesting too, of course, and they had all those interests too, but you'd be surprised that attendees are interested in more the informal way of conversations. And I know a lot of organizations and companies are now doing those informal type of sessions to begin with um, as an actual offering. But this was different because this was being, whether it's moderated or uh, or started by one of their peers that they know. Mm-hmm. So it felt like more... Um, personal it was more captivating it was really great in engagement and you would see um people more like intrigued and interested in the community and what i like to why i bring up this as the one of the favorite engagement tactics is because i always this is how i described it when i was in that role and i would meet these members or volunteers i would say you know you come to a meeting whether it's the annual meeting or a session or just an ad hoc meeting or workshop or anything that the organization is offering as an attendee and you meet people you network you have a conversation of the same interest for somehow but then you know you might exchange your linkedin you might exchange your contacts and you have emails and you the conversation going for a little bit, maybe two weeks, and then it kind of dies out until you see them next year. But the online community, what they're offering is that continuation. So you have a full year that you're continuing the conversation of the same interest that you had at that meeting. And then you come back to the next year, whether again, the annual meeting or the, the this other event. And that's why I call it a full circle. Because you started at a meeting, you didn't know each other, and then you continued online on a community platform, and now you meet again with the same interests. So you'd be surprised of how much, uh, how many friendships are built based on that, how many collaboration actually are done through that as well. So that's one of my favorites. Um, And then the second favorite, which is very cliche. I know, um, but it works. And I know, Heather, you're going to laugh at this, but it's um, add a photo to your profile automation rule. I think it's one of the first things HireLogic says um, when you launch your community to have. It's a very basic engagement, um, especially when you're first launching or re-engaging even, um, kind of revamping your community or anything of that sort, to have an automation rule that says, you know, this person posted once or a couple times. However, you know, you set the criteria of the automation and um, there is a default, of course, draft of an email that um, HireLogic provides, but I would say you can change it up and definitely I recommend changing it up and making it more personal. And you'd be amazed how many people will think that I personally send them an email asking them or thanking or asking them to put to add their profile picture kind of add a photo to your profile um or add a a, put a face to the post kind of thing um or they would say you know after i thank them for doing something for posting they would be they would respond oh great yeah i love this and like i have no idea what you posted but i'm so happy that you found my automation rule believable and personal that you um, actually responded to my email. So yes, yes, and it's, a, <laughs> and it, it's a great way to find marketing quotes too. Yes, <laughs> yes, oh yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Little little side hint for people. There. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, well, this was fantastic, Morel. Um, if people would like to follow up with you, if they have questions about anything you talked about, um, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Find you on LinkedIn or? Um, I Yes, LinkedIn, Morel Belayan. Um, I'm also on Hug. I'm still there, even as a HireLogic staff. Um, I'm sure my name and my profile is available for them to connect with me and ask me any questions from my previous experiences or now new experiences as a integration project manager. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you. And thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, thank and we, you. yeah, we look forward to, uh, another episode of the member engagement show. Thank you very much, Heather. And thank you everyone for listening. This was great. Do you love the member engagement show? Leave us a review. We really appreciate our listeners and all of the support you give us. Selfishly, we also want to hear what you have to say. So please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Mm-hmm.